There's a question about the uh, <coughs> citta, mindfulness, and viveka. How these how these uh, interact, or what were they all about? Viveka. Maybe a term you're not so familiar with means the quality of the action, the movement of disengaging from these compulsive tendencies we have experienced. Coming off track, you might say, when we're steaming down our compulsion track, and then pausing, it's heedfulness, knowing compulsion, addiction, phobia, proliferation, spinning out, creating a world at high speed. Generally, sense it because it it moves along pretty promptly. It's uh, driven. And it generates uh, a world of past and future self and others. <clears throat> Do you ever get that happen to you? <laughs> that, that's that's the track, and it uh, is it suffering in the beginning, suffering in the middle, suffering in the end. <laughs> Clearly signposted, and yet somehow another elusive. <laughs> so we tend to believe in the the motion as being convincing, purposeful, clear, decisive, reasonable, and so forth. <laughs> I think yeah, it's so reasonable. Do you think? Then if it's reasonable, it will stand up to be to submit. So investigation, won't it? So you just pause. How reasonable is that world that you've conceived of? Uh, uh, isn't it just maybe, could be, depends how you look at it. <laughs> how reasonable is the self who, who conceived of it? Who's that? State of fear, agitation, irritation, craving. Pressure of some kind, doubt, restlessness. Is that reasonable? It may be very common, not unusual, but is it reasonable? <coughs> I mean, Vaker, we, you know, just recognizing how one this process drives on into the war, or into uh, endless going on, uh, and just stirs everything up. You get that sense. You know, just pause. You don't have to hate it or get give you guilty about it. Just, just stop doing that. Just pause and come off track. Like breathing out. Asking how is your body now? Not because you particularly want to know. <laughs> but just it does it does shift your focus from that <laughs> mental state. Into in the emotional state, then of course you can get compulsive about your body. Then <laughs> just you know, re-engage. Oh, I feel this. I feel that. It's not this. It's not that. I should. <laughs> so the same thing can start again. <laughs> so you want to come in with a sense of just just all you have to do is breathe out. That's it, and feel your feet. Don't get involved with it either. It's just that. And that moment when there's a shift of tempo from the driven to the floating or the pondering or the or or conscious inquiry, how is it? And there's a pause because you're asking a question. Well, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. It's this just how is it? That floating moment. Oh. You notice, oh, it's a lot of fear here, a lot of worry here, a lot of irritation here, a lot of grief here, a lot of, oh. you know, because somehow or another we don't see it until we step out of it. That's, that's the quality of Upadana, it blinkers, it blinds us, it puts blinders on there. So we just, you know, like the personals, Talking about the other day, the person was in, immersed in office work all day until the 
went into the night, didn't, didn't see it, didn't notice it. So this guy who, re, who he regarded as a compulsive workaholic maniac phoned him up, realising that Sunday afternoon he'd be in the office. And he didn't even realise it was Sunday afternoon. He was in the office and that was anything unusual. They were actually so in it, didn't see it. There's something comes from the outside and taps on your door at that moment. You go, what? Oh. Oh. <laughs> you know? That's what good friends are for. <laughs> oh. So it's just this viveka is a withdrawal, sometimes called withdrawal, initially it's withdrawal from unskillful states. So it doesn't mean dissociation which is where, unfortunately, we're like non-attachment can, can take us into dissociative states, whereby you just, it's all empty, there's no self, just that, so what? You know, there's no conscious holding of anything, it's just the going into a, an aporia, a meaninglessness, a vacuity, not touching anything, yeah, and so that, Associative state is not what Viveka is about. It just means you come off the track, but you come off the track consciously with a sense of thinking mind is now being used for inquiry. Uh-huh. Pointing what, where, how is that? And we just do that to shift. And do the shift, you feel the tempo change. That tempo change, suddenly the features of the compulsion stand out. You don't see the tracks when you're running down, you only see them when you get off them. And then you see them. Because when you're you're under your wheels, you don't see it. You realize it, you feel it. And you know also that you can get off it, at least for a second, ten seconds. And that's interesting. Because if you can get off it for 10 seconds, then the faith is kindled that maybe you can get off it for longer, or maybe you don't need it. Maybe. Just let that one flow. So this is Viveka, very, you might say it's the essence of, well, an important feature of meditation. It doesn't mean spacing out, it doesn't mean ignoring, it just means getting off the drive, that, that hovering moment of uh-huh, being able to discern certain things stand out. One is this uh, um, <coughs> skillful or unskillful. Is it directing me towards some kind of abusive, negative, vengeful, rotten state? Or is it not? You can feel the toxicity of some of these tracks that we run down. The worry that tears you apart, that nags your heart, chews you up. The guilt that throttles you. The self-aversion that wounds you. You see these toxic forces. And so stepping off the track means we have a chance to just acknowledge that, then you drop the topic and feel the, the underlying mental state, the topic will have a story to it, where I am, where I should be, why I'm like this, what the future is going to be, how I other people are, it's all the, called the topic, that's the verb, that's the wallpaper, that's the colouring, and you take that off and you see underneath all that makeup of the world and self and others, just the raw qualities of, you know, hurt. You know, even beneath the, we see the unskillful, say the aversive or the uh, greedy or the ambitious. And then you step back from that rather than reacting to that. And getting a story going about what a nasty person you are. And or, you know, you shouldn't feel this way, get off that one. And what's underneath that? Basically, dukkha, hurt, hunger, need, fear, hurt, 
clawing for something to hold on to. So we start with Viveka. You know, you see the skillfully unskillful, you also see suffering. You know, in its, in its nakedness. <coughs> and this is really at a level because the stories aren't there anymore. This is no longer me. It's just the universal. Because in that Viveka, we, we take off the layers of personal history, story puts aside, personal judgment, I'm a nasty person, I'm a confused person, I'm a neurotic, well, I'll join the club, you know, <laughs> so they put that aside, and then what is it there? Oh, it comes to the human pang of fear, need, you know, help, <laughs> empty, uh, load, whatever it is, you know, you describe it, it's that... Uh, the rawness there. This is really the process of penetration is a deepening quality of Viveka to keep disengaging from the tracks that take us away from that. This may sound like, you know, well, all well and good, but it doesn't seem to make you very happy, does it? That's (laughs) just revealing suffering. But that's why, of course, it's there's no such thing as a one one thing alone. It's one of the support conditions that keeps the process of, of deepening going. But then also there are many other factors that come in. One is, of course, is wisdom. Uh, wisdom, banya, is of various kinds. It means the ability to discern. But it, often it, it's recommended or encouraged that one takes on you know, the, the wisdom of the Buddha. And this is the wisdom of the Buddha, really, uh, you know, the more one gets any into it, a, any way into it, you realise this is pretty awesome, actually. And fundamental quality of the Buddha includes right view is to, is a sense of all the experience and conditions. There's not a self there. It's not your fault. Um, it's These are conditions. These are universal conditions. Now, this... Again, may not seem like a remedy, but it, strange enough, when you place that there, oh, that's a weight off my mind. It's just like this is the disease, rather than I am the disease. <laughs> I am sick. Oh, this is the disease that we all suffer from. Oh, well, that changes things strangely. You know, then what's occurring once you come to that understanding conditionality? The chitta becomes apparent. You know, you know, it becomes apparent in its, its, its clarity. Chitta is obscured primarily because it adopts and easily forms this sense of I am. And that might say it's, it's, it's one of its layers, if you can imagine something like a, a pure reflective mirror, and it gets layered, gets layers of mists, films uh, on top of it. And the, Primary one is this is ignorance, and ignorance not seeing things clearly, not seeing things aligned with the four noble truths. And four noble truths present a series of conditions and causes. When there's this, there's that. When there's upadana, it's this. When there's upadana, contraction, clinging, feeding on, there's this. It's, no, it's not yours. It's not personal problem. It's just a universal quality. If there's upadana. It's this, and it even describes what the Upadana c- c- crystallizes around form, um, consciousness, feeling, perception, mental formations called aggregates. And, you know, one can look at that in some de- de- detail. But the easiest way to um, get a colloquial, hands on, immediate impression of, of Upadana is the sense of I am that accumulates around experience. I won't say accumulates, but much too slow, it actually is flashed onto experience. All experience is seen through the light of I am, that flashes on it. It's that, it's that immediate. So with the I am, there's the contraction of one, I am this, I need to get out of it. Uh, I am stuck in this, I need to do something to, to find a way where I I can be others than this. Well, of course. 
who wants to suffer. So, strangely enough, just recognizing there is, which is that this language of the Buddha's teaching is often there is, it is, these factors exist, these conditions arise, sounds kind of heartless. It's not heartless, it just doesn't put the heart into words, which we could then cling to. It says the heart is what arises when you understand conditionality, it arises by itself. Oh, it's like this now. Where did that come from? So it's a, it's a it's a very focused, pragmatical um, teaching, rather than a visionary teaching. It tells you what, how to see things, how to review things. If you do this, then things are going to happen. But if you start conceiving of the, the good things that are going to happen, you won't do it. <laughs> you start conceiving of Nibbana, enlightenment, awakening. Well, we want to have that. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? I want to have peace, joy, fulfillment, wisdom, compassion. Of course you do. But it isn't going to happen to you. <laughs> to the I am sense. So, you know, by and large, the Buddha said there is. There is the unconditioned. Conditions conditions arise and cease and they're passing. The ending or the fading or the dissolution of conditions is Nibbāna. But there is a... The citta is vibhuti. The citta is liberated from clinging. That's the expression. And it even says released. It doesn't even say one is released. It just says it knows, released. <laughs> so it's a very interesting language form which often eliminates uh, the subject as part of the equation. So it doesn't say, you know, you attach to the body, it just says there is the there is the upadana kanda of rupa. There's the clinging, there's the rupa aggregate affected by clinging. It doesn't say you cling, you're attached to your body. It just says there is this experience of holding, contraction, um, fascination, fixation, distaste, compulsive reactivity around the experience of form. Isn't there? Check it out. Step back from it. Imagine it's somebody else's body. Imagine it's a dead body. What would would your responses be to that? You know, you've got pain in your body, pain in your legs. So, you think you've got copyright on pain? It's yours, <laughs> yours only, only your body. No, it's, it's nature of body, isn't it? This doesn't seem to do anything about the pain, it just puts it in a perspective where, oh right, this is the deal. Bodies are pain bags, basically. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you notice that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's weird. And, you know, so often it just places things like that, saying, and you're looking for the, and then you do this so it won't happen. And it doesn't say that. It just says this. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, it just told me the problem, it didn't tell me the solution. And then, yeah, the solution happens the more one actually sees with dispassion. It's this. Then, instead of the self-view arising, which is going to have more kupadana in it, because that's what it's born of, jitta arises, surprisingly, amazingly, with a sense of, that's that, and it's this. There's this knowing, this awareness, this clarity, this steadiness, this openness. And you think, who is that? Well, it just is that way. It's called realization. It just is that way. It doesn't make sense to me either. But it is that way. It's called the complete dispassionate 
free release with no strings attached. Is the ending of dukkha. In a complete letting go, freedom, release, no strings attached. There, you know, there's the release from that. But it doesn't mean dissociate. I go somewhere else and stay right on the top, on the territory and, you know, release what can be released or enter that domain of release, which is, you could say, radical acceptance is one way of putting it. Total love to it all, you know, just surrender to it, or seeing it as it is. There's different ways you can express it. All of them, of course, are subject to clinging because they're, they're concepts and ideas. So we must be careful with that. Why, you know, to really know that, to sense that, to get it in as as deeply embedded as Upadana is. You want to, you've got to, my, my recommendation, my understanding, the whole process of why we samadhi, why we enter into a, into a deeper domain, is because Upadana is not a decision. It's not something I do, it's something that happens that generates a sense of I am and there's that <coughs> And it's so deep, it's deeply reactive, deeply ingrained. You have to go deep to meet it. And this is the process of meditation. Another way of call meditation is a deepening, a collecting, a samadhi process. And this is, we can do this through body, as a, as a vehicle, somatic sense, you know, where you come right into those places where you can begin to feel the edginess, the twitching, the reactivity, the jump, the blocking, the, you know, tightening up, and that's where you, you keep not resisting it, just breathing into it. Giving up, giving up, giving up. Means a sense of giving up the fight, the struggle. Again, seems to be uh, conceptually contradictory. You give up the struggle, you're going to get overwhelmed. Well, not at that level, you don't. Chitta arises. And you get a sense of release from this paradigm. Difficult to conceive of, difficult to explain, but it, it, that's the way. That's what happens. Because essentially, jitta is not bound in space and time, not bound into a body, not bound into aggregates. Essentially, but it gets bound into aggregates through this ignorance, through upadana. So, yeah. The process now. What? What is it? What? How does samadhi get cultivated through sati, through mindfulness? It means bearing in mind, and bearing in mind, mindfulness can, of course, you know, it's a very popular term because we can, you know, with mindfulness we can do something authentic without having to do all kinds of weird stuff like chanting and, you know, Buddha rupas and things like that. It's nice and clean. Which is good if you can do, if you can do it with them. That's all good. I mean, in some way, the less less the less the better. <laughs> um, but for you know, those those, quali- those things can be important because they do help us to bear in mind perhaps uh, a, a domain which is not mine, not myself, not up to my decisions, not up to my rationality, not to my belief system. This is surrendering. And I'll move that to you. That's one of the essences of, of, um, you know, is Buddhism a philosophy? Is it religion? Well, in one aspect, it's a religion in that you surrender to something higher. But the higher is actually not up in the sky. It's in, it's, 
it's your chitta that you didn't see properly, that got obscured. In some ways, then, this understanding is not that much different from the understanding of other mystical traditions. You know, God is within you. So mindfulness, you know, at least the bearing in mind, well, you know, you know and very commonly it's a particular theme or topic we bear in mind, which is the case of breathing in and out. Um, but you also bear in mind, as you're doing it, you bear in mind the Dhamma. Let's uh, bear in mind the nature of conditions, conditionality. Uh, you keep that in mind. That's there. That's an understanding. You, you bear in mind, uh, based upon wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you bear in mind, based upon uh, a sense of, this is about the uh, quelling of passion and craving and holding on. Mm-hmm. So there are certain, yeah. Themes for that are recommended before we meditate. This is where a lot of the so-called, you know, religious or cultural aspects of the Buddha Dhamma come in, because they mean that we spend time deliberately thinking things over, and we say we recognise well. You know, my understanding is there was a Buddha. You know, this could of course be a garbled account, but it's so. Somebody did a hell of a lot of garbling to get make all this. There's <laughs> 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 so much of it, and whoever did the garbling must have had a pretty profound understanding. You know, it's like, did Shakespeare write Shakespeare, or did somebody else? Well, it doesn't matter who wrote it. Whoever wrote it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a team wrote it. In a way, it doesn't really matter. There it is. You have a dumber from some profound wisdom source, you could call it, it could be one person, that seems to me that's quite not unlikely, quite probable, but anyway, we'll call that Buddha. <laughs> yeah. And so then we have a faith in that. Faith in Buddha really means the awakened. You know, so people generally recognise this to have been a, a man who walked around in India in the 5th century BC. In a way, it doesn't really matter. Uh, because you have what you have is words, texts, uh, transmissions that are telling you certain things, called the voice of another. Uh, that's, so this is one of the fundamental requirements, called the voice of another. And the other is this voice of truth. Mm-hmm. So when we recollect, we recollect that, uh, that amazing resource in our in our world, and you feel gladdened by that. Somebody, somebody, somewhere told a very profound truth that I wouldn't have figured out for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's a sense of, and this this person also said there is an ending, and I've realised it. The ending of that, and if we uh, do have a deeper degree of faith, we might bear in mind this person walked around living on very little, unprotected, out with the elements, roughing it day and night for fifty odd years till he was eighty or so. Um, spent a whole life just living like that. Well, that adds something to it, doesn't it? So then our sense of our faith is aroused in that. We bear that in mind. So this all helps to just weigh against the sense of doom or stuckness. And so these are, are common common themes to recollect the Buddha, the teaching again, which is synoptically presented, direct, um, not delayed in time. Not about time, not about future, past, out of the time time frame. Encouraging you for it to investigate, 
encouraging inquiry, not a belief system, but saying, you come and have a look at this, look into this, ponder these things, take it into yourself, check it out, you know, test it, weigh it up. Furthering, pertinent, furthering, or paniacal. You get onto it, it starts to take you in. And it takes you to places that you wouldn't have gone to just through, you know, thinking alone. Pachatang means it's known in yourself. So again, this is uh, this is an intimate dawning. You know it from your own chitta, and it causes the chitta to arise. Yeah. This sort of sometimes murky, intuitive sense of something wrong could be right. Something where's that? You know, and the. Uh, Chitta arises with faith, it arises with courage, it arises with a sense of, of daring, and um, it arises with a sense of, of love and compassion. It arises with a capacity to release, to not with Upadana, whereas most of our systems seem to be doggedly bonded to Upadana there's something that doesn't do that and this is revealed and deepened and fully entered into by but the wise the wisdom faculty by penetrative wisdom so we just even recollect that sense of lifting up mm-hmm. so these are and then some of those who practice it people, ordinary people uh, born with painful bodies, you know, with passionate minds, with minds afflicted by cruelty and doubt, and so on, through direct practice also have realisation. So these, you know, we bear this in mind, it, it kind of just gives that element of support, less of the sense of me about it all. You know, we're in a continuum a domain, a a lineage, a transmission of human beings uh, who experience common difficulties and touched into a common quality that is there for all of us. Bearing this in mind, it helps you to approach breathing, body, um, the whole lot with some sense of, it's just this, it's just this, this. They walk through this door. This is the door you go through, the door of the body. Don't get fascinated by the hinges and handles, go through the door. <laughs> Don't bash on the door. <laughs> you know, there's a way in which you can open it, which is light. Gently, slowly, carefully. Where does it open? So mindfulness is that which sustains and, and, and bears in mind. It's like the quality of a hand that holds things carefully and steadily. It's also the hand that wards off distractedness. Rather like if you're holding something, two hands, the back of the hand is like mindfulness that just bears the frame. Now this is this is the width of the thing I'm holding. So my hands are this far apart. It sustains that, and it prevents other things coming in because you're holding this. It's that quality. And within that, you have the softer quality of the hands, which are touching, which is more like the sampajanya quality or full direct knowing. You're really getting a hold, getting the feel of it. So these two work together. Sati holds, bears in mind, Sampajanya takes in what's being held, the qualities of it, sensitivities to it. And through that, they both contribute, that sustained, then unhelpful, distracting, pointless influences are warded off, and pertinent, furthering, deepening qualities are absorbed. And then this must result in Samadhi deepening process.
But this is how these factors line up. Yeah, you see there. And that somebody understood all that. Because they did it. Upadana is uh, contracting, clinging, feeding on, uh, hardening up around, and distinguishing that between that and being with something. Being with allows this viveka, <coughs> stepping back, sensing it, and then sampajanya, fully feeling it as it is, rather than holding on and struggling with how it is, or wishing it was another way. So even that sampajanya, oh, this is when you're sensing into the experiences you're having, this is the physical feeling is like this, physical feeling is like this, it's like this, it's like this. It's got every right to be here. Bodies are built like this. There's nothing going wrong as such, just I don't like it, that's all. And, okay, what bit can shift in that? <laughs> if it's like this. And even that, very simple equation, but do, taking what it takes to do it is a slow process. Being with, being with, being with, till you begin to sense this reactivity of Upadana. Uh, clinging to craving, panic, frustration, blurring, agitation. <clears throat> and then, strange enough, one can even use something like a physical sensation as something to, to just steady on. Because it's nice and clear, you know, maybe you're going to feel breathing, you can feel pain very easy. So, <laughs> you just contemplate that. There's the physical sensation, there's the Vedana, which is the feeling, and there's the mind jumping around on that, pushing against it, getting upset. Okay, now just go back to the feeling and the sensation. Two different things. Sensation is just the contact impression. Rough, smooth, sharp. And then the Vedana is the quality of agreeable, disagreeable. Resting on that. Resting on it. Breathing out into it. Naturally, um, physical pain is one of the most deeply reactive experiences that we have. So it's, you know, though there are instances of beings who realize the awakening just through that, actually. You know, often on their deathbed, because they couldn't do anything about it anymore. And they realize the way in just, just through that, just through directly laying their attention onto, onto the pain. Mm. But, you know, we have other things. Mm. Breathing in and out. Bearing in mind, even bringing up uh, recollections, that you can use the steady of mind, compassion, sense of Recollecting the world, other people, with a mind, and that bringing up the sense of compassion, resting your mind upon that tenderness for the welfare of others. Yeah. Essentially, it's just getting the mind to to rest upon something long enough, steady enough for the deepening to occur. And the deepening would occur in terms, let's you know, say, if you experience compassion and concern for another person, you have the person, you have yourself, you have the sense of a relationship of compassion. And then if you stay with that, you can begin to soften the impression of the other person, soften the impression of yourself, and it's just the abiding tonality of compassion. So, yeah, 
distills. That process in samadhi, it's always the simplification of mental construction. Going back to primary qualities. So this again takes you into chitta, which is just before self and other arise. It's the primary quality of the chitta resonant in that mode. We don't need to construct. So the five aggregates, this could be a too big a topic this moment, but at least begin to recognize, you know, you have these, these called Upadana Kanda that, uh, provide or give rise to specific uh, form, you know, mind, my body, her body, my thoughts, uh, my emotions, my feeling happening there. And jitter is normally held, held within that, just running around in that, trying to make it work. Yeah. And so these are pointed out. This is the place where this I am sense gets quite feverish and uh, struggles. If it's, they're seen for what they are, this is a perception. could be a perception, mental perception, that is an impression of you know, negative, positive qualities. Something we see in ourselves and others as a perception it arises. It's a way of denoting something, the initial sign, the initial signal, the initial moment, initial moment of recognition. <coughs> That's what happens. Now, it happens. And it doesn't have to be, I see it this way, or she, she <coughs> is like that. It's just that moment of recognition. That's the sanya, recognizing this is mine, my body, me, that and recognition, the arising of body. And it's just this. It's just that quality of something touching touches you. Perception or sanya is the moment when you get it. Yeah, so you, you look around, you see something, and you know, oh it's oh there's the moment. You get it, that's the sanya, the moment of aha. You get it, it means something to you, it touches you. It internalizes what was seen through the eye, the eye, the physical organ of the eye, or the seen out there, is suddenly felt in here. It moves, it touches in here, that's called perception. So this is happening all the time, isn't it? You see someone, oh that's sue me, or that's whatever it is, car, whatever, flash. Ah. And then whatever arises at that point, pleasant, unpleasant, warm, hostile, uncertain, that quivering, mm-hmm. that's sanya. That's what happens. And you pause around that. With all of these processes, body, form, perception, feeling, it's not they shouldn't happen. It's not, they're not the problem, it's the upadana around them. Uh, and upadana is removed through being with. So you, you see something, it reminds you, oh, it's so and so, you know, I feel intimidated or worried about, I feel that sense, that sanya arising, cause. Be with that. You be with it, rather than contract around it, it resonates, it moves through, it empties out. And it takes you back to just the clarity. If you don't, what will tend to happen, the default is you see something, cause you worry, and proliferation occurs 
I'm probably going to be this. She thinks I'm like this. You know, and then it sort of just goes into an emotional blur. Okay. That's the upadana process. And the end result is I just feel overwhelmed with all these worries and anxieties and myself and what I will and what I can't and how it's going to, you know, suddenly it becomes an overwhelming thing where nothing is really that clear. It's just, just the overall sense of agitation and, and worry. And it starts to impact your body. You feel restless, nervy, itchy, twitchy, agitated. That's, that's the upadana thing. So we want to go, okay, what was that, you know? Where did that all trigger from? You know? Could be just that somebody looking at you for three seconds. <laughs> it could be something like that, you know. It doesn't have to be much. Apparently on the external level. Because we all inherit old karma. Old karma or result. One result is we've laid certain perceptions that become laid down. They become established as as fundamental navigation signals. Yeah. So they get laid down, and sign of someone staring at you, looking at you for more than three seconds, you don't know. Caught is laid down as a caught source of fear, because perhaps sometime in the past that was associated with a, a threat of some kind. So because of old karma, certain perceptions get established, laid down, either associated with fear or craving, desire, threat, things of this nature. Something bright and shiny. Oh, I want one of those. Because bright and shiny is always something that happened at Christmas. And you've got one of these bright shinies, you get something, you see, get to see bright shiny. Oh, I want one. Triggers, yeah. Whereas streaky and grubby, don't want it. Yeah? <laughs> it's quite profound. They say, for example, like you know, um, with food, a lot of the dressed-up food, the more dressed-up it is, the more toxic it is. But it looks really good. <laughs> yeah. So really, really good apples are generally kind of green and specky and lumpy. They're not perfectly smooth. But of course, you look at them. Don't like look at that. So you buy the nice shiny red one, which has been totally, you know, saturated with growth hormones and you know, <laughs> that and the other. It looks great. <laughs> so I just mod, I never trust the red apple. <laughs> no, I where's that one come from? It's not real, you know. But we get to prefer the unreal, the inorganic, because it's it's associated with smooth, perfect symmetrical shape, glossy colour. But, you know, you look at stuff, real stuff, it isn't like that. <laughs> you know, you look at a kind of carrot or something, it's specky and knobbly, and it's not, not smooth and symmetrical, but people don't buy them. They want a nice, smooth, symmetrical, bright coloured, uniform coloured things. Even though it's created artificially. Particularly the case, you know, when you go to countries where they don't, like Thailand, you don't, they don't actually didn't grow apples there until apples became popular. And they grow these incredible apples. They're like, like, like gigantic baseballs, but all perfectly uniform red. And you eat one, it doesn't taste of anything. It's just like eating some crunchy water. It's got nothing to do <laughs> because it's purely sold on appearance. Um, the sanya. You see one of these and you go, oh, look at that, it's so nice. Sanya. And you grasp it. This is something that happens with food, is it? But for sure, you know, happens to clothes, bodies, what we think is attractive because it's smooth or shiny or whatever the colour is that's good. Um, What's that? Yeah. So we just pause around those those reactive places. Old karma, inherent perceptions, perceptual material. And 
What's it doing to you? That's the thing you want to know, not the perception, or you, perception is the is the is the register, the trigger, and then just notice what it, what the actions that come out. Actions are sankara, mental activity is good, desire, uh, generosity is good one, um, ill will, agitation, worry, fear, doubt, flashing of that come out of that perception. And they've always got some truth in them. You know, like perception of terrorists, 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 and terrorists. Destruction terrorists. Consider the number of people who are killed by cars, and the number of people who get killed by terrorists. <laughs> so are we going to ban all cars? <laughs> as soon as you see a car, shoot it. <laughs> 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 death, dealing, death dealing machines because they kill ten times at least more people than terrorists ever do and yet you know the sun you're around that and I'm not saying terrorists are good but just notice how one's mind is is directed by these perceptions and then the fear you should there's many more cars than terrorists and they are lethal and they're killing people every day. <laughs> they look nice. <laughs> they don't. They don't trigger the feeling of fear, but they should do. <laughs> oh, there's so much of it. So much of it. The way we. Indoctrinated, it's, it's awful. See it as it is. Just notice where things causing you just go glassy eyed and believe it. That's not skillful. Get agitated and frightened, that's not skillful. Distract yourself, that's not skillful. Look at it steadily. What does that thing trigger? And uh, what's the triggering of? craving or want one or fear or hate it or won't just wait till that triggering fires and then can you breathe out on that one for a moment and contemplate you've come off track for a second what was that energy about that was that you know, that was craving that was that compulsive movement that way that was oh I want one of that and I can do this and I have that and I'll have this and then that'd be great and then help me Somewhere I'll be driving down the road in a wonderful happy. You know, the whole world arises. That's those five aggregates have now clenched around you, around your chitta, like a fist, and you're in the grip. When you're in the grip, you don't see a way out of it. So you pause. Check the perception. Check the triggering. Check the push. Which is always very reasonable, very convincing. That's why it works. Where does it go to? What's its flavour? What's its tonality? Do you want is that good for you? So they're very once you take away the story and you come to the more raw qualities, you know, well this is if it was ugly, if it was painful, it's not doing me any good, doesn't do anybody else any good. Now's the time to step off that. Yeah. Where's the place you step off to it? You can't just, you know, letting go is a great idea, but you have to have something to step into. Step into, this is why I've talked about refuge, bodily refuge, space, ground. Step into even ref- wise reflection. The teachings, the Buddha said this, the person I trust said this, step into this place where one is at least recollecting and considering uh, and bearing in mind the examples of those who have trod that way, gone that way. So you, you get off tr- get off the, that sangsaric track 
Uh, and if, you know, what you take refuge in is just enough to give you, give you that. Just to be aware of what you're feeling, but not to be in it. So you could take refuge in, you know, something the Buddha even didn't exist. <laughs> as long as it for a moment pulled you off the track, and you, you could imagine it did exist, and somebody awake and clear and pure. You know? Oh, that's a lovely notion anyway, that moment, because you touch into what those qualities sense, what they mean to you, clarity, peacefulness. Virtue, non-abuse, joyfulness, dispassion, quiet, release. No. The chitta knows that, because Buddha is just the quality of your chitta when it's realized. Buddha is the quality of your own, of your chitta when it's freed. And something in you knows that, if you don't get confused by the stories and the, and the objects. It's as intimate as that. And the jitta, when it even resonates with that for a few moments, oh, yeah, you know, these are not difficult concepts. And they're powerful resonances. They can be the, the moment of freedom, the moment of truth, the moment of non-delusion. And you pick up that moment, what it felt like, you dwell in it, you absorb it, you're mindful of it, you bear it in mind, you stay with it, you breathe into it, uh, you walk in it, you carry it, it's a precious thing, and then your mind gains certainty and embeds itself in that. You begin to then it begins to blossom through your body, your mind states and your heart. So to be with, not a small thing, simple phrase, but a profound shift, a necessary shift. And to stay with it, to bear it, to bear with it. Much about practice seems to me is just of that nature. The, you know, there are the lovely moments of realizations, the insights. That's like, I don't know, five percent, maybe maximum of the time. Most of it's just patiently <laughs> bearing with it all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you the truth. <laughs> 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 Perhaps ninety-eight percent of it is bearing with it. Well, I don't know, but it, it, it's a lot more of it. It's just the sheer bearing with, just, just building up some resolution and some tolerance until the something and you sees the point of, oh, <laughs> you know, of, of release. But you begin to also adjust the, the perspectives to something more realistic, you know. More realistic. Like, what are we, what's this about? There's a question here, what's the what's the what's our purpose in life? You know, big one, isn't it? Our purpose in life. I guess it you know, you can break it down to you know, sometimes my purpose is just to get to the bathroom on time. So, it's a moment to moment. It's just that, isn't it? Where's your intention to go? Yeah. Um, just to do something, some, enough in the day of good to get you through the night. <laughs> sometimes it's just that much. Just holding, just bearing with it enough to, to avoid collapsing, to, to, you know, to just to ward off the power of of despond or despair or gloom, just enough. You know? What does it take? And that's the purpose, I'm sure, for all of us is to, you know, whether we decide it or not, our fundamental inclination is, I just want to stop suffering. 
That's the purpose. That's the intention of our practice. And, you know, just what are the, how, to, how to bring that around. And most of that is just learning, not intellectually, but directly in and of yourself, what it takes to be with, to bear with, to open, to get to call, to give the space for jitta to arise, to release itself from this grasp. Actually, we we need some assistance with that. So yes, we have definite things we can bear be, bear in mind, such as breathing in and out, walking up and down, sensations, mind states, aspirations. Using those as a focal point to steady. But then it's really those are not those are not difficult to understand. The difficulty is what it takes to to be with those without grasping, without expectation, without success and failure, just to be with it. And as the jitter rises, bringing in these challenges of our impatience and frustration, be with just acknowledge that, keep releasing, returning to being with.